I'm Pooja Sharma of IBS Intelligence and you're listening to IBS iViews podcast with me is Ranjana Reddy, founder, CEO, Bureau. It is a one-stop platform that helps businesses automate their decision, prevent fraud and power seamless user experience. Hello, Ranjan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Pooja. Thanks for having me. So the biggest question today is how to maintain digital hygiene on the internet? What what's happening is that you know uh, economies are digitizing you know very fast. That any form of economic exchange that happens, whether offline or online, it implies that there is an implicit trust between a buyer or a seller or any two parties. Right? This needs to be reflected pretty much in exactly the same way online. So when more businesses and more consumers come online. there is this uh, invisible trust which is sort of essentially bringing them together and you know um, enabling that economic exchange so as more digitization happens online trust becomes more and more important what has happened is that you know we as economies whether be it in india or asia or you know most of the markets we are we are digitizing ourselves faster than the infrastructure that is needed to create this online trust right so whether you know we we are all familiar with let's say you know credit scores right uh, for credit risk and that has evolved over a period of time but now what does that mean in terms of online identity uh fraud uh you know fake identity synthetic identities any sort of social engineering fraud right and we are all either a victim or we know somebody in our close circles that you know who's a victim of cyber fraud and that is essentially an absence of online trust or you know or abuse so um you know that perhaps is the biggest challenge and it's a challenge for everyone uh, who are the stakeholders so it's a challenge for the business it's a challenge for the consumers of that business it's a challenge for the regulators uh it's a challenge for the government uh because each one of them to some extent suffers right either from financial loss or reputation loss right so that is the biggest challenge that you know digital companies and digital economies are dealing with and that's where we we have a point of view and we would like to help what would be a comprehensive approach to fraud prevention that protects business from cyber crime with cyber crime it's all about a matter of how not what and why right we know uh, why it happens because you know bad actor wants to get access to you know a good actors you know either credentials or money or any of those things the kind of frauds that happen we are also familiar with that somebody will do a phishing fraud somebody will do uh you know just a create a fake identity somebody will do stolen identity things like that right but how it happens the detail the devil lies in those details right that am i essentially did i just get access to your real data and am i just impersonating that as as a user or am i just creating a brand new identity or am i just doing things like sim swap or today you have let's say even in places like india which is perhaps one of the largest hub for social engineering frauds right where you these places have become familiar uh, or, or very popular jamtara bharatpur and all of that right where you have like fraud rings right operating out of that so it's the how that is basically the key to solving this right uh, for businesses what's important is essentially to keep this in mind that you are doing this proactively and not reactively what happens today is unfortunately uh, and it's the years of conditioning right decades of conditioning for most people fraud prevention is a function of primarily two things very first thing is this compliance that hey i'm a regulated entity i need to do some compliance because i need to just send someone an sms otp and if they verify that's good enough 
or I need to do KYC. And as long as I they give me some government ID and some verification, selfie check, all of that, that is enough, right? But unfortunately, that's not true. Most of the fraud happens actually on verified identities, right? So what are you verifying? How are you verifying? When are you verifying? These things are important, right? So what our view is that user journey, which is essentially starts with the user coming on board and account and opening an account of some kind, right? Um, and at that point, you are understanding the digital persona of the user. So phone, email, device, IP, bunch of those um, digital you know aspects of your personality. Then you are moving from persona to person. So who are you as a person? That's where KYC comes in, AML comes in, or your some government ID or some you know database verification comes in. And then you move to when the money enters the picture, right? So now transactions are happening. So now you need to verify the transactions, the payment method, again, the time, the device, all of those things. And then finally, when you come back as a returning user, right? And you're just verifying that against, again, the past behavior and things like that. This entire user journey, you need to always be running a bunch of checks, right? Um, and you're looking for proactively for anomalies, for behavior change, which could be minor to major. But that's the approach that we recommend that one should be doing, not necessarily just essentially looking at it from a small compliance window and then deal with fraud when it has happened. Because most of the fraud, like I mentioned, happens after the first door was left ajar because the, the wrong phone number, the wrong device, you know, or the fake uh, user sort of has already come into the, you know, your system. How to safeguard the business from financial and reputational losses again i think it's a function of you know one like i mentioned is the proactive approach that you do invest in the technology and the talent right they should it should be someone's job to be looking for these problems and and it's it is a cat and a mouse game right so for example now in the you know banking has gone digital with a vengeance right and every bank legacy bank is now digitizing very fast uh, their user journeys and there are a bunch of digital-only banks, right? So one of the one use cases that you will hear a lot in these circles is, for example, money mutes, right? So people are creating accounts and, you know, essentially using that to loan the money and whatnot. Um, now, something like that, it needs to be someone's job to go beyond compliance or vendor management. So even if you have someone running fraud or compliance, usually what happens is they essentially find two or three vendors and they say, you know, you give me this verification and it, you know, it does the job, at least on the paper, right? Um, that is not enough, right? You have to really understand on a real-time basis, you have to have a single view of the user at any point in time. It requires a little bit of, you know, predictive modeling, which is where machine learning comes in. And most importantly, it requires understanding the context, right? Because I may be ordering food from a food delivery app, but I may be using the same email, phone, device, bunch of those things. But impersonating as a you know fraudster um, in a banking app, right? So I'm a good actor here, but I'm a bad actor there, right? So the context is very important. So those are the things that you know companies need to invest in to understand real time view of the user, um, get a singular view of the consumer and their behavior, and understanding the context in which is happening, and then creating rules uh, based on that. How are like technologies like AI and ML aid businesses in the fraud detection today? With fraudsters, you know, uh, you're always sometimes few steps ahead. And so you have to think ahead in terms of what could happen. 
And that happens because of evolution of technology. So today you may have said that, okay, hey, I can detect, like for example, in, in Bureau's case, we can detect that if the user has installed on your phone, let's say a team viewer or any desk or any remote desktop, right? And is looking into your phone. But let's say tomorrow there's a new browser that comes in or there's a new software that comes in, which we may not have sort of be, you know, implemented in our platform, right? Those are things that you have to, you know, so you always have to be sort of on this tail, essentially, um, for fraudsters. Where AIML comes in is essentially predicting uh, the behavior. And the prediction comes in because of the understanding the behavior itself. So the way in Bureau we understand a user, a good actor or a bad actor, is like we said, persona, person, and the behavior. So like I said, I may be ordering food, and in that context, my behavior is of good actor, but somewhere else it's not, right? I may be logging into my, let's say, crypto app 10 times a day, and that is okay. But now suddenly I'm buying $50,000 worth of Bitcoin. That requires additional verification, right? So do you understand a user? And this sort of applies to even human beings offline, right? If you and I were to meet offline, in the first go, you and I will get to know, we'll get acquainted. But over a period of time, we will get to know each other better, right? Because we have seen each other's behavior in different contexts. So it's the same idea that applies here. So the way we do it is essentially it's a rules-based approach plus a little bit of predictive modeling where to give you an idea, Bureau now has verified over 45 million identities. What that means is those 45 million identities, we understand the persona, person, and behavior. So if you give us any one of those 45 million identities, we know that we saw this user come and order food in this one app, uh, but also open a bank account here or go do a transaction in a real money gaming app, right? So it gives us a very good consolidated view of a user and the digital footprint that they're leaving, right? Based on that, we are able to put our predictive algorithm, you know, working on it and come up with a score saying, we think this is a good actor here. So this is 70% more likely that this is a good actor in this context. Maybe that's banking. But this is a 20%, you know, which is a bad score, um, you know, in the context of, let's say, in a crypto or a real money gaming app, right? So that's how we think of it. Uh, protecting your organization against scam and social engineering is a big deal today. So how do you suggest one approaches that? Um, so I'll give you one example. What happened was um, with one of our banking uh, customers, right? There was one single day where we saw close to about like seven, 800, you know, accounts being created in the span of a few hours, right? So now, you know, uh, they were using Bureau. And in that context, you know, we were able to sort of detect the velocity anomaly, right? Because usually you don't see that pace of account creation within a few hours, at least for that bank, right? Uh, so that itself sort of picked up that, okay, there is something that someone needs to be looking at. And then when you unpack that, you realize that actually those seven, 800 accounts were being created by actually on, on three unique devices. Those three devices happen to be, you know, at least about 1200, you know, miles away from where they were intending to open the platform. They were sitting on actually real data. So they had probably gone and bought uh, real data of, you know, people's KYC, government ID and all of those, you know, documents. So they had legitimate data, but they were using three unique devices. They were spoofing location. They were spoofing phone numbers. They were spoofing even just the make and make and model of their uh, device. Um, and they were creating these accounts and they were asking for credit, right, for each one of them. 
So, and, and those were some of the things that, you know, one was able to pick up. In social engineering, the biggest problem is essentially, it's the, it's the naive and the innocent uh, customer, right? Because somebody gave me, let's say, 500 or 1,000 rupees, and maybe I gave them willingly my, you know, government ID data or tax ID data. Or somebody convinced me on the phone that, hey, tell me the, you know, verification password that will come on your phone. And, you know, because this will give you XYZ thing. Um, the biggest problem with social engineering is there, right? So you cannot control that, right? Neither the business platform, it's not their fault if the consumer willingly is doing that, nor can Bureau prevent that, right? But what one can do is essentially, again, go back to the behavior. So for example, if we can see that when this transaction is happening and when you're providing this punching in this password or OTP, right? I can see that you may be sitting in one city and that is where you are, Um but I can see that term, you know, the transaction is initiated or the or the OTP is inserted into the same app or something from somewhere else, right? Uh, or somebody's installed a team viewer, any desk, any of these remote desktop isn't watching that, right? So one can sort of detect those things. Or even sometimes, how do you, you know, fraudsters are very efficient, right? So they would be copy pasting information very fast, right? They would be, you know, there's a certain way that they would operate, right? As opposed to a normal, you know, innocent you know, uh, user. So one can basically detect and prevent, you know, uh, those those behavior patterns. And based on that in real time, you can say that, okay, this, I, I think there's something amiss. And then either I'm going to reject this, or at least I'm not going to approve it and somebody needs to review it, right? So those are the things that one can do to prevent these things real time.